You are listening to the Mom and Dad Podcast. A podcast about balance, growth, and navigating through your 20s and 30s. Hello, welcome back to the Mom and Dad Podcast. Welcome. This is Ashley. And Justin. And we are the Mom and Dad Podcast. <laughs> We're still working on a catchphrase. <laughs> yes, but welcome back. We are happy you're here. Today, we are talking about sleep. Mm-hmm. And that might sound, I don't know, a little bit boring, not, boring, not very intriguing. But, but how wrong you are. Oh, just wait to, to hear what we have in store. It's, and prob- that's it's not probably sarcasm. my favorite one. It's probably my favorite one we've learned about. I think so, too. It's been so fascinating to learn about it. Yeah. And it's come at a very t- in a t- very timely manner mm-hmm. because I feel like the last maybe week or two, at least for me, I've been getting really bad sleep. Yeah. And maybe it's your fault. <laughs> it's probably my fault. And maybe it's my fault a little bit. So anyway, this episode, studying and researching about sleep has come at a good time. And there's things that I'm going to apply. Justin is very passionate about this now. This is my New Year's resolution. Yes. That's the thing. I, I've noticed over the past couple of years that I have intentionally, I guess it's subconscious, but I waited to determine my new year's resolutions until i find something that i'm really passionate about like i really want to improve in my life right now i feel like sleep is something that will help me to better all other aspects of my life yeah after learning about this oh it's so cool this is such a cool topic and it's not fringe science like this is pretty mainstream stuff it's just not it's just not a popular it doesn't fit in with the Western worldview to mm-hmm. be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to prioritize my sleep. Yeah, I'm going to go like, to bed at a good time and not watch my Netflix show. Or I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice so I can work on my startup after I get off my nine-to-five job. I'm not going to watch TikTok for three hours after Remy goes to bed. Yeah. Anyway. Go <laughs> um, <laughs> we wait for things. a second. <laughs> we have things to work on. Yeah, so I think that this is coming at a good time for me, coming at a good time for Justin, coming at a good time for the new year. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to help with your goals that you're maybe trying to achieve or, I don't know, just at other areas of your life. Yeah, possibly the best teaser we could give is good sleep diminishes cravings so you don't need to use your willpower so much. Just chew yes. on that you on it because you're going to hear it again maybe 20 minutes yep so yeah we enjoyed recording this episode researching this episode and we are excited for you guys to hear it um, and if you take anything from it please send us a message post at, a review send us a dm at mom and dad podcast or send us an email at the mom and dad podcast either one we'll see it all right let's get started <laughs> and on that note let's get into it When have you had the best sleep of your life? The best? What what phase of your life was do you feel like you slept best thus far? Um I would say and this might be totally weird because okay, so I'm going to say my first year of college. Okay. Which usually if you you would think that would've been the worst. Mm-hmm. The worst sleep of your life, but I pride myself in getting good sleep. Like I know if I don't get 
eight hours of sleep. Like, I'm not kidding. Eight hours. Like, people standard maybe is like seven hours. Mm-hmm. What's standard? Well, I've, Six or seven? The Well, I've heard seven. I've heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say six. And he said, if you need eight, then his recommendation to you is to sleep faster. <laughs> um, but I, what we've researched, most of the research that we've done for this episode, they say eight. Okay, they say eight. Okay, well, then I'm actually going to change mine because I think it's like eight to nine. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I just, I, I know I need my sleep. So I, I make sure that if I have to be up early in the morning, that I'm getting to bed early. At least I try. So my first year of college, I had a class at 745 in the morning, which I don't, I think I, I can't imagine myself signing up for that class, but I think that was the only time that that class was and I needed that class. Yeah. And so I was going to bed and my roommate remembers this because she was up all night long, but I was going to bed at like eight or nine because I knew I had to be up early and I just didn't want to be miserable. I hate that feeling of just being so tired. Yeah. You, I just can't function. Yeah. So weirdly, my first year of college, I got the best sleep of my life. Yeah, I can attest. And I think all of your close friends can attest to the fact that you are a different person when you're sleep deprived. Okay. I think we've gone over this before, <laughs> but yes, I'm not a good human being when I'm on little sleep. I just thought it was important to note it for the record. Always the first one to sleep at like sleepovers. Yep. And if people were like being loud when I was trying to sleep, I would just get so annoyed because I I was just tired. Okay. I think everyone has a friend like you. I can remember a friend like you. I can remember friends like you. I can also remember the opposite of friends like you, the ones that played pranks on the people who fell asleep first. Yes. That was not me. A nightmare. I always thought it sounded fun to play the pranks, but I was never the one to play the pranks. Yeah, I was never the one to play pranks either, but I also wasn't the one to fall asleep because invariably we would end up watching. Growing up, I I pretty much lived on Comedy Central Presents. So basically like stand-up comedy. Like I watched that pretty much every night from like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade until like i was a freshman in high school wow tons of that and then tons of like movies whenever be at a friend's house watch a movie and i am the type of person where i cannot once i start a movie i have to finish it i've actually been able to do it a couple times in the past couple of years where i've been able to actually stop a movie and, and watch the rest of it the next day just because i'm i am valuing sleep more than i used to um but yeah it's i was always up watching movies because i couldn't someone would put one on and then i would just feel locked okay until there are two people in this world there are people like you and there are people (laughs) like me who stay awake for the whole entire movie and or just fall asleep right as the movie starts yeah something you should know about ashley and me is ashley and me or ashley and i it's not important. I'll look it up after. But we pretty much have opposite tastes with a lot of different things. Yeah. If I like physical, t- like appetite, if I taste something that tastes good, I know that she's not going to like it. Yeah. Every most time, of the time. Every time he says 
I like this or no, no, no. Every time I taste something or I have some sort of like or dislike to something and in my head, I say, I like it. I also think I know Justin's not going to like this without even verbally saying I like this. And then him like consciously being like, Oh, she says she liked this. I'm going to dislike this or subconsciously. I don't know. We test each other frequently. So I don't even tell him if I like it or dislike it. But once he says he likes it or dislikes, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like that's, I knew it. It's the opposite yeah. of what I thought. So. Every time. It, it almost sense. never fails. The other day, we both liked something. You're like, try this. And I tried it and I liked it. And you're, you were just like blown away because you also liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was? I don't. It was, it was something very simple. But for some reason, we both liked it. And this is like not just food. This is like smells. She'll come to me with perfume. She'll be like, what do you think of this perfume? We're like, oh, it smells no, really nice. Cologne. And then you'll be like, I hate it. And then the yeah, same thing with cologne. Like, no, I knew you were going to like it because I hate it. Yeah, but we're getting off topic here. <laughs> anyway, coming back to sleep. Yeah, so anyway, there are two types of people in this world, and I feel like a lot of people can relate with that, whether they're one person or the other, and sometimes their partner is usually the other. You know, if you're, the one, track, yeah. if you're the one who falls asleep first, they're the one who stays awake. I don't know. I, through, from my experience of hearing other people, it seems that's the case. And I do think that it's important to try to go to bed at the same time, or at least close to the same time, which I am not very good at. As me? As your partner, yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important because, I don't, I don't really know, I just feel like if you're, and we learned a little bit about circadian rhythms, It's kind of like your natural sleep cycle or when your body starts to release melatonin at night, you start to feel tired. And then when you are filled with cortisol in the morning, you wake up. If you're on the same sort of rhythm or or flow with that, then it, I think it's just makes it easier to interact and live with each other. But yeah, like on my mission, when on my mission, you're supposed to be, you have a companion that you're with pretty much 24 seven. And we were, it was one of the rules that you were supposed to go to bed at the same time as your companion. I'm not sure if they're prepping you for life after the mission, but that's probably the case. Well, I agree with that because when you are on your computer at night in bed and I'm trying to go to sleep, I can't. Mm -hmm. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. And then when I try to work on my computer outside of the bedroom and then sneak in the other night, I almost had it. I, almost got into bed i had done everything completely silently and then i pulled the covers back and the cover caught the edge of my phone charger and ripped it off the table and you're like this is why i don't like it when you go to bed after me and i was like if only you knew how much effort i went to before that moment when the cover pulled off and i was just like so defeated because i worked so hard like it took me three times as long to go to bed because i was being so quiet and then the one cover pulls it right off and just makes this huge thud. But you just you just answered your own theory. No, I, I get it. I know it's a bad practice to go to bed at a different time. Because here's the thing. All the scenarios. So one scenario, you're in, on your computer. I'm trying to sleep. I can't sleep. Not happy. You are out of the room working. I can't sleep if you're not in bed, which like I'm almost in this... Like, I can't sleep if you're not there. Mm-hmm. And then 
the other scenario where you're coming in late and I had fallen asleep. Yeah. And then you wake me up and then I'm like, Ugh, I have to try and get back to sleep again. Yeah. Then you're the kid at that sleepover and all then, over again. That's just annoyed with everyone else at the party. Yeah. Except just you're not trying to total wet blanket. You're not trying to suffocate me in a mattress. So <laughs> thank you. Silver linings. <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh I think that's a good intro. As far as like my history with sleep, I've had a very checkered history, you could say, because before I, so it all kind of came to a head when I went on my mission because I don't feel like I, I worried so much about sleep beforehand or like trying to wake up early. I did, but I was never able to do it. So I just kind of gave up. On my mission, one of the rules is to be up at 6.30 and to be in bed by 10.30 at night. Up 6.30 in the morning, 10.30 at night. and. I was one of the reasons I did not survive. <laughs> but I was never able to finish because you, when you get home after, you know, you work basically seven days a week, you don't work, you don't get paid, you serve seven days a week, you get home late at night, you have to update all your records from anyone that you taught or interacted with, you keep very diligent records. I was never able to get in bed before 11 or 1130 on my mission. So I always broke that rule. Um, but I, Justin, I never, I wasn't trying to, I just couldn't finish planning fast enough. And then, um, I was trying to stay obedient to that rule, which caused me to break the other one. But anyway, I always woke up at six 30. I never felt, I think I failed on that like two times the entire mission. And one was because my companion was like, Oh, it's okay. We can sleep in on Mondays, which is a total lie. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Um, but I, I was always able to do it, which blew my mind that I was able to wake up at 6.30 consistently because I would literally roll out of bed and put my face on my mattress because I was so tired because it's just go, go, go. You're like the most tired you'll ever be in your life on your mission. But for some reason, I was able to do it. And then I tried to maintain it when I got home. And life is just so much more. There's so many other opportunities to like go out and hang out with friends when you get home. But anyway, I tried to do it and it led to me being a complete zombie all the time. And I think we've talked about this before, but like I would get up, I would still try and wake up at like five or, or five thirty or six. And I would always be late to class because I, because I was trying to squeeze things in and it was just, it, it never worked. And so that led me to start sort of bag it. And I've never really gotten good sleep, I guess is the moral of the story. But the more I've been learning about this, I think my New Year's resolution, which I've been kind of putting off planning because I haven't found something that really has grabbed me. I think this year my resolution is going to be for the first time in my life to consistently get good sleep. Yeah, well, learning about the benefits of sleep and the the pros and cons of sleep, if you just know them, you're like, okay, I think it's time to, to get good sleep because yeah. there's a lot of things that can affect your day to day if you're not getting good sleep yeah, and if you are getting good sleep. Definitely. One of the, the quotes that I liked from this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase it, but he said, good sleep is truly the tide that raises all, all ships in your harbor. Basically, all other aspects of your life can be improved by getting good sleep, mm-hmm. which I think, and I don't know why it's something that we're, it's so hard for us to to wrap our minds around in, in you know, Western culture, just because it's, we put such a premium on sacrificing sleep and being again, like the hustle culture we've talked about before. 
But if we being on your grind, like we can get so much more done if we get good sleep. It's just we're putting the cart before the horse, or we're kind of killing the horse to make the cart more efficient. I don't really know. Well, can I can I give you a tip? A tip, just as yes. a, an an observer of you. <laughs> sure. If you're wanting to get good sleep and make this a whole New Year's thing, yeah. Um, you have to be able to turn things off. Namely, my brain. Your brain, but you always get caught up in, and I understand why, because when you get home from work, you're like, you have all these things you want to do. You know, you only have a limited amount of time in the day. Mm -hmm. But like, for example, oh, for example, last night, you, or a couple nights nights ago, the last couple nights. The night that I almost successfully snuck into bed. So he's been working on my bike that he got for me got for me for Christmas. And I actually didn't update you guys on what the thing he was working on in the basement was mm. that smelled and was making a lot of noise. Oof. It was a bike. <laughs> he got a bike off of Facebook Marketplace and was just refurbishing it and painted it, repainted it and it just doing all sorts of stuff to it. And it looks amazing. But the whole process of putting the bike back together has been a journey. Putting it back together has been easy. Getting the derailleur, which is the thing that shifts the gears to work, has has Yeah. We been don't want to get too off, yeah. off topic. He's been working on this bike and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to bed and I will like tell you, and this has happened multiple times with other projects you're doing, like, okay, just maybe you should just stop and do it tomorrow or do it later. And you just can't stop. You're just like, no, I have to finish. And it's like this, you just like like a compulsion. And that right there is the root of why I've never gotten good sleep. Yeah. Yes. Same with movies. Like we've talked about, I just can't stop something once I've started it unless it's finished. Mm -hmm. And I am very bad at finishing things Yeah. when I think that they will be finished. So maybe a good thing to do is not doing those projects before you're going to sleep. Like if you know you're going to have a project like that, take an hour before you know you have to be asleep and stop that project so you can just like unwind from it instead of stopping the project and immediately trying to go to sleep because your brain is still probably going to be on, you know, like trying to figure out this, this thing. Which it is. Anyway, just a tip. Easier said than done. But yes, yeah. I, I realize that that is one of the things that I will need to apply but if I, I am to get good sleep, sleep I this year. I understand why it's hard. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay, we've spoken enough about our experience. <laughs> if you have any other experiences about your sleep, feel free to email, email us. us or DM us on Instagram. Um, now to kind of talk a little bit about what we've learned. Um, there's, I really love this topic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing I love most about this podcast is that I get to, I like, it forces me to learn about things that I've always wanted to spend time learning about, but I just haven't made the time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about kind of the difference between REM sleep and deep sleep or delta sleep, um, and then also go into a little bit of the benefits of sleep and then some ways that we can achieve it. Mm-hmm. So first, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between REM sleep and deep sleep. And this is going to pull from a doctor named Deepak Chopra, who Originally, he he studied medicine in India, and then he came to the United States, and he he became chief of staff at New England Memorial Hospital before sort of abandoning 
that Western medicine approach and delving deep into Ayurvedic medicine, which is an ancient Indian uh, approach to, it's more of like a holistic approach to health through lifestyle and meditation and, and habits and, and sort of plant-based remedies and things like that. But a big part of his research comes into sleep and the benefits of sleep. And so he talks in, in the interview about REM sleep is, you know, rapid eye movement sleep is, is what he talks about with emotional toxins. So it's a real, the purpose of REM sleep is to detoxify emotionally um, and sort of decompress from the day. And then when we move into deep sleep, which is another phase of sleep, it's more of a physical release. And so a physical detox, detoxification, and it's also a hormonal reset. And I thought the interesting thing about it was that it, he actually talks about sleep being the best way, and he talks about natural sleep, so not using sleeping pills or anything like that, because that's sort of a blunt instrument that doesn't create naturalistic sleep. But he talks about natural deep sleep and REM sleep being able to re-regulate your hormones so that you can function and be healthy, and everything else sort of revolves around being able to do that effectively. And I don't want to go too deep into this. I feel like we could go, you know, we could get way into the weeds, but that combine that brief little snippet with uh, another TED talk that we watched from a man named Matt Walker. He runs a sleep institute and he's a sleep scientist. And he talks about when you're in deep sleep, it actually, what they've observed is that it creates these big, powerful brain waves, which actually act as sort of like a file transfer for memory. And so the interesting thing about it is that there's a part of your brain called the hippocampus which is kind of like your brain's inbox, where it receives new information during the day, and it's sort of a short-term reservoir of information. And then when you have deep sleep, when you're able to get into deep sleep, it's sort of like a long-term, like a big file transfer, and these waves are essentially transferring it into a long-term storage vault. And they've linked, recently, they've actually linked deep sleep and, and good sleep with the ability to prevent and possibly even treat Alzheimer's, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, because he said, as we get older, our sleep gets worse. And there's a strong correlation in sleep and Alzheimer's. So, But if you think about it, like the fact that they actually, in Matt Walker's TED Talk, he talks about they did test studies on people where they kept them up all night. And then they did studies on people where they gave them a full eight hours of sleep and then they would hook them up to an MRI and they would t basically quiz them on things and see what type of retention they would have with their memory. And people that didn't have any sleep were, they almost saw no activation in the, the hippocampus where it, it wasn't able to activate. And then there was, there were no observable, um, large those large powerful brain waves to actually transfer the information when they did get to sleep and so it it just sort of ruins your body's ability to commit things to memory or your well, brain's ability to commit things to memory he was saying that it was the people with less sleep had 40% less mm, yep um what's the word ability to commit things to memory or memory retention yeah to retain things than the people mm. who actually got good sleep yeah. That's a matter of an A or an F. Yeah, well, I guess a D. Yeah. Fail. 
Yeah. D is a fail. A pass or a fail. <laughs> a pass or a fail. School-wise, really anything. Like, if you think about your memory, I think we think of memory as memories. Like, oh, I have my memories of my childhood. But really, memory is, is pretty important for your day-to-day functioning. If you learn a new skill at work, you need to be able to remember how to do it. But I would also agree with that memory retention is partly genetic as well. Yeah, obviously, but you want to optimize your ability to remember things yeah. and commit things to memory. Fair. Okay. Fair. Valid. And I just thought it was so, he gave such good metaphors for visualizing it where he said, basically, if you don't just need good sleep after learning to sort of hit the save button and transfer those files to a long-term memory storage, but you also need good sleep before learning so that you can essentially empty out the hippocampus or the inbox, your brain's inbox, so it can be like a dry sponge ready to absorb material. Because if he said if you were to learn things, have bad sleep, and then try to learn things, learn more things tomorrow, which is pretty common in higher education, it's essentially like your hippocampus is waterlogged. Like it's a, a, sun, a sponge that's already saturated with water. You, it can't absorb new information. And therefore can, can't then transfer that information into a long-term storage. So it's just, if you think about that, it's like, why don't we, why haven't we learned this just by experience? Like you, you realize that you don't retain things well, you don't function well if you don't sleep well. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought that was so fascinating. we still deprive ourselves. And we value it. Like above just depriving ourselves, we value sleep deprivation. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make any sense, but learning that just makes me want to get sleep so bad because I want to learn programming and I want all these things. It's like, I could commit more of that to memory just by getting good sleep. You spend one time learning something instead of learning, relearning it five times because you're sleep deprived. Well, all you need to do is listen to your wife. I do. She gave you the best advice that you could receive on this topic. Okay. That's the moral of this podcast. Listen to your wife. Listen to your wife. Well, it's different. This podcast is a result of me listening to my wife. So look, look where I got us. Well, it's different when you, it's hard to see what you're doing, but when you have an outside person observing it, it's, it's a lot easier for them to see. Yeah. So we were listening to a YouTube video, which we'll also link in the description. Um, and it was, who was the host? Tom Bilyeu. Tom Bilyeu. And the show's called Impact Theory. It's a great show if you're looking for things like this. Yeah. So he talks about, he actually talks about seven ways to help with sleep, but we're going to touch on six of those ways. Um, and you can watch the YouTube video if you would like to see the seventh. Um, he just didn't seem super convinced about the seventh. <laughs> and you can kind of tell, and the person who was explaining it didn't seem like they had a lot of research to back it up. It was like a new thought anyway yeah yeah so if you want to get into that you can we just want to dive into these six different things to help you with sleep and um just kind of dig into them a little bit so the first one is to get outside for 30 minutes in the morning Mm -hmm. so every morning you consume natural light for 30 minutes yeah which is interesting and it kind of plays into the the whole circadian rhythm that if if you start to delve into this you hear that topic or that title a lot circadian rhythm or that phrase a lot and basically it's just sort of the natural your hormones telling you when to wake up when to be active and when to sleep and 
basically if you're getting outside in the morning, the light is a real big trigger of your body takes cues from light and darkness as to when it triggers the circadian rhythm, that circadian rhythm to sort of function. Yeah, we're there's another TED Talk by, um, what's her name? Linda Geddes, probably said her last name wrong, but she was talking about how in the back of your eyes, you have this tissue that is basically like a master clock. Mm-hmm. And when the light hits your eye, it's setting your clock. Mm-hmm. So that master clock in your eye, eyes is sending messages to all the other little clocks in your body. <laughs> so it's kind of a cool way to describe it. But yeah, the way that we consume light is how our body is going to react to morning and nighttime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the guest that Tom Billion was interviewing with this segment was uh, a guy named Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and he works in England. But he essentially, he says that the thing that we need to understand about light is it's the thing, again, it's the thing that sort of triggers our waking. And so there's a differential between when you're awake and when you are asleep. So if you're in a dark room, you have zero, it's a zero lux situation. So lux is a measurement of light. But on a a sunny day, you get, if you're outside for 20 or 30 minutes, you get around 30,000 lux. If you're outside on a cloudy day for the same amount of time, you get around 10,000 lux. But if you're in a well-lit room for like several hours, you get like 500 lux. And so the idea being the light in a house or in an office setting, it's not getting us that differential where our mind can tell the difference between, okay, it's time to be awake. Okay, it's time to to wind down. Mm -hmm. And so getting outside is what triggers that, helps sort of regulate that circadian rhythm so that we're in line with our body can tell when it's time to be awake and when to sort of wind down. So even on a cloudy day, you're saying? Even a cloudy day, you said it's around 10,000 lux. Because I was wondering that, like, if you were to go outside and it was cloudy, is like, is your body still getting that light? And that's kind of his whole point was it doesn't matter what the weather's like. If you're getting outside, that natural light is really what's going to help because there's no, it's just not really a good substitute with it for it in you know an office setting or a home setting so do you feel like you could do that every day this is the one that was tough because i feel like it would be difficult with you know you get to work at 7 30 or 8 you know it's not very light out you know and you can't i don't have time to do it before work and so i could i guess i could go for a walk during the day but i don't know, walk around the office building seven times and i don't know it just it would take more effort if I were to try to do it in the morning, if I got home from work and we like went for a 20 minute walk, I feel like that would be more easy to apply. He says it needs to be something that's in the morning, which I think he says that because and this is in line with kind of the other findings that we researched. I think it has to do with the cortisol. If your circadian rhythm is in a natural flow, your cortisol should be at a peak in the morning because your cortisol is your chief waking hormone. So do you feel like you could do 30 minutes in the morning? No. <laughs> but I think that that's why he says it. But like the lady that you mentioned from University of Surrey, Linda, she just talked about getting outside at some point during the day is better than nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's better than nothing scenarios for sure. I, for me, I could definitely do it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like 
me and Remy are home. And I think about this could most definitely apply to Remy as well. Mm-hmm. Like with naps and just his nighttime. He sleeps really good at night now, but like nap wise, mm-hmm. will he get better naps if he gets that time outside in the morning? Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be something that I'll try and make a priority now. It's hard because it's cold out and like wanting to go outside is not very appealing. Mm-hmm. But maybe if we just like step out on the porch for a little bit in the morning, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But definitely. it's good to know that like it's good to be outside for 30 minutes in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, And if you can't do in the morning to just get do it, some outside yeah. natural light exposure during the day so you can have that differential between your waking hours and your winding down going to bed hours. Yeah. And I've experienced that just getting that fresh air and that natural light, like there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Let's jump to the second thing. So this guy, what's his name? Sean Stevenson. Sean Stevenson. So he's saying to adjust the time that you're working out during the day. Mm-hmm. And he recommends to work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Studies show working out in the morning, people have better sleep, mm-hmm. they have deeper sleep, and they have healthier cycles during the night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this isn't he and he says this too. This isn't the end all be all like this is just a piece to the puzzle Mm -hmm. to good sleep. But for me, I was like, oh, I'm not a morning person. Mm -hmm. And that's partially genetics. That's partially partially getting good sleep. Mm -hmm. But I told myself, oh, I'm going to work out at night because I have more energy at night. I'm going to have a better workout at night because I have more energy. But now I'm finding out working out in the morning is actually better. For sleep. And I think something else that he mentioned was like a lot of people, they just, it's not really possible for them to work out in the morning and they don't feel like they can do it. And so he said, treat it as the low hanging fruit where you just said it, even if you can only get five minutes of some intense workout in, in the morning, it helps you to, again, everyone kept talking about cortisol. So cortisol is like your stress hormone, right? And if it's chronic, ongoing peak levels of cortisol, like it's going to cause serious health issues. And I think we've seen that a lot. It causes obesity, it causes diabetes, it's linked to a lot of different things. But acute spikes in cortisol, specifically that natural spike in the morning, is what you kind of want to take advantage of. And working out in the morning helps to, to regulate that cortisol, to use that cortisol so that it's not lingering throughout the day, was what I understood from it. And then it helps you to then not have peak cortisol at night, which is what a lot of people have when they're chronically stressed. And so it helps you to sort of combat stress. And then it also helps you to actually decompress at night and engage your, what he calls a parasympathetic nervous system, which is shifting gears from your on edge, focused all day long to your relaxed, rest and relax turn off your fight or flight mechanism of your brain and actually rejuvenate. Start settling, winding down. Yeah. And he said that that, and again, everyone kept talking about cortisol in the morning, taking advantage of that and the working out helps you to sort of keep that regulated so that the cortisol spike continues to happen in the morning. I know he talked about doing at least just five minutes, like five minutes is good, but I don't have enough time to set aside five minutes and then set aside a good workout. You know, like it's, it's like I'm either working out or I'm not working out. 
so five minutes isn't really realistic for me. Like, okay, that would be great to just work But five you minutes, could but. combine it with you getting outside. Because he said like a brisk walk around the, the neighborhood. Like just something quick. But getting, and you could combine that with your natural light. I think that would be a good combination just because it's like two birds with one stone. And it sets your day off right, you know, from the get-go. Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know. Just even give me tips. So I forgot to give you a tip. That's a good tip. So that one. Exercise in the morning, five minutes, or go to the gym, whatever it is, just moving a little bit in the morning. Mm -hmm. So number three, making sleep a priority, which can be really hard in the world that we live in right now, where we have so many distractions Mm -hmm. and there's so many things to do. We're just busy, busy, busy people. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel like you can prioritize sleep? That's the million dollar question this year. Like that's what I'm focused on. And I've been thinking about it a lot, but I think that the biggest thing, realistically, I'm not going to stop starting or continuing projects once we put Remy down, because that's like one of my key windows to be able to work on those projects. But I need to have some sort of way to like, maybe I set a timer or something that has like a physical end to it that will put a pause on my work. You think you'll listen to that? I don't, but it's my first. You would you would listen to a timer over your wife? <laughs> I'm insulted. I don't think that I'll listen to it. It was my first idea, but I I need to find some way to to set a, a deadline for, and that kind of goes into what we'll talk about next. You which have is, to get the app that I have, minimalist. Or maybe I'll make an app. It's. Or you can make one, Which but basically you can write down you can write down all your tasks and then you can click on the task and set a timer for it. Where you have to have complete focus on that task in that time. Just saying there's another tip for you. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll try it. I don't know. The the one that comes to mind for me is the and this is the fourth point, I guess. I think we're on number four, but Carl Lenore is the the guest on the impact theory that's talking about this. He he recommends three hour window between your last meal and going to bed. Okay. This is number four. Mm-hmm. And that also coincides with another so basically sort of winding down with enough time. So giving yourself a window. So he recommends three hours for eating. And then I've heard 90 minutes or an hour for turning off electronics. So three hours before bed, you can eat. Not You're not eating for three hours. No, you're not eating for three hours. Sorry. Thank you. You're and then la- you're, end your minutes. meal three hours before bed. And the reason why this is so important is because of something called autophagy, which is essentially the cellular garbage crew that comes through your body and cleans up proteins that have built up during the day and autophagy shuts down during digestion and so if you are digesting when you're trying to sleep your heart is still working you're not able to get down to a really deep sleep and your body isn't really able to go through and cleanse and rejuvenate its cells at the cellular level yeah basically If you're eating right before bed, your body is still working. And when it's working, it's not going to have good deep sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I also heard, and I would have to look this up, but I've heard that when you eat before bed, your body, when it's actually sleeping, the food just sits there in your stomach and Mm -hmm. rots. Like your body's not working to digest it. It just sits there. 
So I've also heard that, which maybe it does both. That. But yeah, I'm sure. sure well, it she was a. I think she was a nutritionist. Mm. The girl that I heard it from. Okay. But we'll double check on that. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> so. Anyway, so yeah, I think that I need something like that. So setting a time when I stop eating, and then setting a time when I turn off electronics with enough time to wind down. Mm-hmm. And I think that a big part of that could be that could be when I listen to my audiobooks instead of doing it in the morning or read that giant book that you got me for Christmas because mm-hmm. that is not screen time, but it might yeah, still different. it might still keep my brain wired. I don't know. We'll see if it works. It's funny. When I was a kid, my mom would always say to me if I told her I can't sleep, I can't fall asleep. She's like, "Oh, just go read." Now, every time I associate reading, <laughs> I associate it with wanting to go to sleep. So it actually kind of works out good for me. Good in a good read. And then I'm, it's also my wind down time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, number four is not eating three hours before going to bed. Number five, basically his thing was stop stressing out. <laughs> yeah, which he didn't really give a lot of Easy. tips on how to do that. Easy enough. But he said getting good sleep helps you to stop stressing out because you again and this is where the circadian rhythm comes in again but if your body is able to adequately regulate its hormones and they're able to stay balanced which the best way to check your hormones and get keep things in balance is getting good sleep specifically getting into deep sleep if you're able to do that, the most interesting thing that I think he said is that you're not reliant on willpower so much because cravings come from hormonal imbalances. And if you're able to balance your hormones, then it diminishes cravings, meaning that you don't have to have so strong much arm your way through things like getting up or like working out or like doing all these other things. And so he says like after one night of bad sleep, on average, we, can, we tend to consume anywhere from like 300 to 500 extra calories just because we, we have a weaker, we have more cravings for things like that, for specifically salty foods and, and whatnot. Basically, when we don't get enough sleep, we're losing control over a lot of things. And then so, we're more reliant we're on willpower. And then we're more stressed because we're not, you know, we maybe fail. And it's this sort of vicious cycle. But the circadian rhythm is, I think, is kind of the crux of all of this. Being able to regulate your hormones is so important is the thing that I'm going to take away from this. And he also talks about how having good sleep and not stressing also helps with the relationships. Mm-hmm. And the one piece of advice that I hear all the time people are giving to couples is never go to sleep mad at each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that advice is. Not great advice. And I've never agreed with it because I know if I were to go to sleep, I would be able to control my emotions better and not let an argument go past what it really should. So if you have an argument, go to sleep and figure it out the next day when you're well rested because then your, your emotions aren't just out of control. That is a really good point. I've have never, I never thought about that. You that? You've told me that, but I never agreed with it until I, until this okay. podcast. Cool. Well, you know, I just, my whole thing is try to figure it out in the moment and don't stop until you can. But the idea of trying to argue or debate when you're emotionally well-regulated or hormonally well-regulated 
Like that seems like the optimal time to argue or to try and hash out a disagreement. The absolute worst time to do it is when you're tired after I, the more that I learn about this. So yeah, that makes total sense. You go to sleep, get a good night's sleep and then figure it out when you have some, some time you're well rested and you can think. Yeah. And you're not in the moment, like just charged. Yeah. And you can focus on other people's emotions because you're not super sleep hungover or hormonally imbalanced from getting bad sleep the night before. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. So number five, just stop stressing. Okay. Yeah. Just (laughs) chill out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then number six, and this is the last one. It's basically all about light. Mm -hmm. So we hear a lot about blue light Mm -hmm. and how that affects us, but there's actually more than that. Mm-hmm. So blue light is just one of the factors like we hear we shouldn't be on our phones right before going to bed because the blue light in our phone just triggers us to be awake. Or we should have blue light glasses to filter it. Which, which... I agree with. I think we should have blue light glasses because the strain on our eyes is going to have a big effect on us. Mm-hmm. And just if you get headaches like I do, like blue light glasses are kind of a must. But um, Dave Asprey, wise. the guy who was interviewed number six, he said that blue light glasses only filter one of the four yeah. types of light that mess with our sleep. Yeah. So blue light is just one of them, which I didn't even know this. I didn't know there. Obviously, I knew there are more lights, but we kind of just hear about blue light. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that there were more that are affecting us. I feel like we could go into an entire episode on light. Yeah. And its effect on our behavior and our emotions. But specifically sleep. Mm-hmm. Did you learn anything else about light? No, not not nope. particularly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I kind of wanted to dive more into that, but maybe we'll do that another time. I also want to look more into like red light because mm. I've heard about it, but I haven't really looked into it very much. So yeah, maybe there'll be another episode in the future about specifically just about light mm-hmm. and how it affects us but we'll see if we can get enough information on it. I'm sure there's tons of information on it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are the six things that can help you get better sleep. I think, I don't know, it's exciting to learn about this topic because for one, maybe now you won't be on your computer in bed at night and I can go to bed when I want to go to bed. (laughs) So I'm glad we did this topic so I can get better sleep. Yeah, and I feel like a hypocrite because it is 10.53 p.m. And we are on our computers recording this podcast. So starting tomorrow, we're going to get really good sleep. Okay. But I think there are circumstances where there are things that prioritize over sleep. And this is one of them. Yes. And that was actually something that we, we came across where it's balancing. It's unrealistic in 2021 to expect that you're always going to get good sleep because there's infinite distractions. And there's also we're a lot busier than people used to be. and Electricity makes it so that we can stay up later. We don't go to bed with the sun. But I think making it a priority is a must, especially Mm -hmm. because of all of those other distractions and how busy we are in in electricity and all that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well. Challenge? So your challenge this week, if any of these six resonated with you, we want you to pick one and just focus on it for a week. And then write down how you feel at the end. You know, write down how you feel at the beginning and write down how you feel at the end to see if there's any difference. Yes. 
and then email us and and write in a review about how you feel afterward. Anxiously awaiting your submissions. Yes. Anyway, we are going to go to bed. So thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.